Oh, it's a, a an official BBB. Yeah, it's, that's what he said last week. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's we right. good. we agreed this would have been five ninety nine at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's right. <laughs> right, it was like a definition of a bargain bin movie. <laughs> Welcome to Our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are two guys who don't even like kids, Martin and Brady. No sir, it's not about your divers. We brought a man out on our first dive and he completely panicked, almost drowned, and that was a very short swim. You try and dive those kids the whole way, all you'll be bringing out is dead bodies. It's a living thing, Brian. It breathes, it eats, and it hates. The only way to beat it is to think like it. To know that this flame will spread this way across the door and up across the ceiling, not because of the physics of flammable liquids, but because it wants to. Some guys on this job, the fire owns them, makes them fight it on its level. But the only way to truly kill it is to love it a little. Just like Ronald. This week, we went splunking with director Ron Howard and his latest biographical survival film, 13 Lives. The story of rescue divers who turned into heroes by saving the Thai soccer team trapped in the flooded caves. We also dipped into Brady's bargain bin with one of his earlier films about heroes of a different kind. The firefighter thriller, Backdraft. 13 lives. Good You can't call. miss the promo. <laughs> see, I did. I didn't oh, really see Oh, it's all over yeah. my... Uh, you go to Prime a lot, maybe a lot more no, than I do. Well, no? maybe my kids. I, I, yeah. I don't necessarily, but it's all over my Chromecast background, like with the wallpaper. It's everywhere. I feel like I keep seeing it all over the place. Yeah, so. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure, but about 20 minutes in, I was way sold, and I thought this was a great movie. I did, too. I loved it. I was really, really happy with it. I, I was curious how what you guys would think, because I can say I don't know if I've talked. I don't think I... I've talked to anyone who's watched it. I mean, I think everyone know for the most part, people know the story or know of it. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I was really, really impressed. So I typically, I guess I don't often like the biographical interpretation. Fair. I think that's, I think that's what I was expecting too, to not like it. Cause I'm like, ah, I so don't always all, like these. Let's just, dra- uh, well, sorry. Dramas. Where'd you fall? Yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really tense. Mm-hmm. I was, I didn't know how they got him out. So that was a shock to me. You know, a lot of it was very new. Same. And, and those, we can get into that a little bit later, but like, I, I, I don't know if that's public knowledge or it was at the time. Like maybe did we, I mean, they did try to hide it right. Right. And according so, like, to the movie, I just that, wonder when it came out after yeah. the fact. And it's like, did we, had, had we tuned out of the story by the time that was actually public or yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't know. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, cause, cause even when they were talking with her, like we're going to bring in Harry and, you know, Dr. Harris and, and, and they were talking his about skillset. his skill set. Yeah. And I, I was still, I was scratching my head. I'm like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Like, I don't know why I didn't figure it out. Um, cause I must, yeah, I must never have heard it. And then it still didn't occur to me that, that this was no. possible. But then as they were doing it, I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. And also, yeah, like they yeah. would be teetering on the edge of, I mean, like being accused of murder. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly what, uh, Joel, you know, Edgerton, Dr. Harris was, was saying he's just like I took an oath and yeah and all that like that the, and that the fact that they just you know did it and not just did it but did it so well right and saved everybody is yeah it's it's quite, quite remarkable it was really I just so how did they film this thing well so go ahead that was kind of that's part <laughs> of it I think I want to like over overstate like how 
like well shot it well is. Shot, and then it's yeah. like I keep coming back to like you know, are we just not supposed to expect that with Ron Howard? Is that like should we just like of course it's gonna be well shot, you know, like like he, Apollo thirteen as well. He you know? well he, it's it's Ron Howard. Like he's on a level that not a lot of people are. So it's like the expectation of him, like, should you, should we have expected a dud? Should we, it's like, no, like, you really, it should be well shot. Like, if yeah. it wasn't, it'd be like, what's happening to Ron Howard? Like, it's, it's really visually awesome. The part that I think I can't believe I, it dawned on me in the moment, but I feel like what added a lot to the tension, to the, the sound of the water non-stop throughout the entire movie like the rain the water inside the caves like, i felt like the sound was sound editing was yes i'm gonna go for the first time in my life out on a, <laughs> out on a sound editing like watch it's gonna win the oscar be like <laughs> called it <laughs> well and so i but thought you're about probably that. right yeah i didn't I, I it didn't occur to me until you said it but but yeah it was a constant it wasn't um you're in it because yeah. you can't stop hearing it doesn't end like it just there were runs of it like 30 minutes long where it's like i don't think i've stopped hearing water yeah i think part of that including um or added to also the way that like they faded in and out like into different scenes and then you know like when they're going through the different parts of the cave and they just like it gets dark it gets um the picture kind of just fades out yeah kind of like what you would happen if you were traveling in these caves and like you know they were saying like they couldn't see like their hands in front of their face as they're moving through the caves and stuff like that so that's where like that tension came in and one of the things I didn't even think about until they like mentioned it was yeah if you're in these caves and all this water's come in there's going to be currents. Mm-hmm. It's not just still water that they're trying to navigate like I thought okay yeah you got to navigate through these stalagmites and stalactites but nice. also you have to navigate the current that's Classic pushing you. Mites and tights tunnel. <laughs> um you might trip over it. Oh is that how you know it? Yeah. And, stalagmites are yeah. the bottom because you might trip over it, and then stalactites are tight to the ceiling. I, uh, see, stal- I feel like I had stalactites. The C is the ceiling, and then stalagmites. The G is ground. Oh, and so I thought <laughs> that's it was, how we learned in like whatever third, fourth grade. And I always thought M and T were the indication. M was on the ground, mites up, and tights up. Yeah, al- like alphabetically, ironically. Well, that's that's how he learned it too. Yeah. Apparently, T to the ceiling. Right, but the might thing and the tight thing, I feel like I could easily flip up that concept in my brain. Yeah. It might fall on me. <laughs> <laughs> tight to the That's ground. Great. Could That's you not great. could you not yeah, do yeah. both? Like <laughs> But yeah, I, I I totally agree, Jelani, with the when they finally sh- like they showed the current when he got lost, um uh I think Jewel, um or what was uh, whatever his name was at, at the end. When, when- Book? Yeah, Book. Book. Yeah, that was him, right? <laughs> okay. yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Book lost the line. Yeah, when he lost the line and he was just so terrified. But I'm like, yeah, how how scary would that be when you lose the line, you get taken away by a current, and then you don't know where you are. And somehow he ended up in the you know in the he right went spot. Because he um, followed but he the was spooked. cord yeah. that the, the guys the electrical cord that they ran. Yeah. That's the the only thing that the got him there that, was that he happened him. to find a different cord to follow, but right. it didn't and then yeah, then it was just pure rattled. Yeah, that was actually a really great scene, and I know that's a huge jump to the end. But like, to have Harry come in and be like essentially trying to not tell him outright that like you're not okay to do this, I thought it was great too. And it was just like it was I really think well written. What I should do is like, well, I don't know. He said to do whatever you said. It's like I think maybe that I should do it. Then. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> yeah. him out. Don't worry. I yeah, got I mean, this. I felt I I felt really bad for him, but yes. also you know, but it's but totally no no shame. But he was visibly that, yeah, you were not you're, the you're, guy to you're do spooked, it. and 
everyone would be. So and I wasn't totally 100% fine. sure he was coming out. Because yeah. when they were waiting for him, I was right. like, I mean, I could, he could still be sitting in there. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll get him out. But like, I, I do like the way he said it, too. And he's just like, uh, I want to be part of the rescue, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's a great, great line. Perfect thing to say. So, yeah. Classic Edgerton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, uh, I just, yeah, I really felt, I think, continually... My goal, funnily enough, my goal was to just break this up over two nights. I was going to start. I started it way later than I should, and I was like, "Ah, it's fine. I'll knock out half. I'll find a break point and I'll finish it." I watched it all. I, yeah. I kind of there were break points, but I just kind of wanted to keep going. Yeah, yeah. it's a little longer, and but now but I'm tired. Feel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the pacing of of that kind of like learning about the currents and learning how difficult it was every, every every step of the way. Like, it, they showed you that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, how, I don't know how they filmed this because well, the it seems were, like they would fl- they would have to flood real they, caves. They, Did they? They built uh, enormous airplane hangar size in an enormous airplane hangar size building using double Olympic-sized tanks with long sections of tunnel, which so they would set. flood. So yes. Was, uh, amazing looking set. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. That's that's wild. I would. So ne- they would made never successive guess. sections, and they said literally it was each one was more difficult than the next. They said had they done it on the first day, that they wouldn't have been able to do the the later ones because they they actually did get better. Um, Farrell and uh, Vigo like train like di- did diving and, mm-hmm. and like actually got themselves into shape. To, they and they did a bunch of their own stunts, and they said like. Farrell said he experienced like frequent panic attacks underwater and said he doesn't want to do any more water movies because <laughs> of it. But like they did it. But I, I mean, obviously you're going to see dr- some dramatization in this stuff. I didn't feel like it was overly. That, that's kind of what I was saying with the pacing. It didn't feel not not like that. They, oh, okay. but the story like when they're talking to, you know, they. I thought a, a, a neat part of it was obviously you had the cultural like clash of. The Thai Navy SEALs, obviously, mm-hmm. locally are going to be the most revered people you could get. But they were like, these old dudes show up from England. Volunteers. But who, who it's a different kind of dive. Like, you guys know how to dive right. in still water. But, like, this is, like, mentally, they're using the right amount of air. And I was like, that those types of details, I felt like, again, I assume that that's leaning on the truth. I don't know how much, you know, but I felt like that was a, a, a kind of an important part of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I think one other thing that, you know, through the course of the film, and it's, I read an article about it that kind of pulled in some of the facts and stuff, but one of the things that Howard wanted to make sure he didn't do was make this like a white savior film where it's just these British guys come in or New Zealand and they're just like, oh, yeah, they know how to save it and I the Thai government too, doesn't. Yeah. Like, so that's why he made sure that he emphasized like the SEALs were going in. They were ready to do it. They needed guidance from... Um, well, then they got far early. Yeah, they got the line set, and then and then and then even bringing like the seals who went in and stayed with the kids, you know, brought the doctor in and had them, you know, safe and made sure that everybody was okay, and then also making sure that all of them came out. Like you see at the end with Vigo, he's like, "It's not done yet," because there's still the yeah. doctor and the right cat, uh, right, the other Navy SEAL. Yeah, and they were like making sure that those guys made it out too. So yeah, and that, that's what what I was gonna say when 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 you were talking about. It. Yeah, I just don't feel like they they had to add any drama artificially. Oh, they might not have. I just don't know. And maybe like, maybe they did, but it it didn't. It, it felt like 
you know, there weren't any super close close calls or anything. But every, like you said, the tension was there throughout because yeah. you just you just weren't sure. Um, you just weren't sure how how things were gonna how things were gonna play out. Even though I'm, I, I was pretty sure everyone was gonna gonna make it out. I really, didn't um, but know, I really didn't. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't remember how it went. And obviously, one person, you know, one person didn't. A diver. Um, yeah. yeah, one of the divers didn't. Two. Um, and two. Yeah, right. And they, the they mentioned at the, at the post credits. Yeah. Uh, blood contraction or infection. infection. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't imagine the type of things that are in that water after. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. The other, the question I had was. They said it was flooded for eight months after these. It's like so. When when is that cave ever not flooded and it's safe for people to go in? Like, how is this the first time people? Why do you think they want to go in? They're like, hey, the cave's open. Let's go because it's never open. Normally, it's flooded. Got a couple months of the year. Just it's something about that. I'm sure there's there's more to it that I that 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 I don't know. But um, yeah, it seemed it seemed like I wouldn't want to go in there ever. The uh, (laughs) the thing that shocked me, or not shocked me, but surprised me, was when. The, the water guy from Bangkok who is helping divert the water. Yeah. The guy who lives in Illinois? Who lives in Illinois. He's like, yeah, I live in Illinois. I'm like, okay. Yeah, he had like the 76ers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that could very well could be real. I mean, you could just be home. And it's like, I, like I said, people were coming from all over the world at that yeah. point. And he was already there. That was just, it was just <laughs> something I was like, oh, I did not expect that at all. But it's definitely a movie that makes you just proud to be human, you know, like, that that this many people could come together and that we could even you know do put all these things together diving diverting water um it's like what do you need to do to solve this problem medicine yeah anesthesiology everything even even just the people who were there on the site like getting food to the people who were trying to do the rescues like they built up that entire like community Mm -hmm. at the site yeah just so that you know when people are going in, like people are coming out, they need food. Somebody's got to feed them. It's not like, you know, they're waiting on the government to bring in aid and all that relief and stuff. It was like people just said, hey, these people need help. We're going to go help any way we can. Yeah, you I don't know? know if that's a cultural thing that they maybe. I, I think that happens here. I mean, in disasters, you hear about like, you know, tornado hits and you have people. That, I mean, there's like a guy from Iowa who drives to those to kentucky and ten, you know wherever stuff is and sets up barbecue for pe- workers for the people yeah. that need it so it's like that all happens i think i don't know yeah. i mean you saw it with my people in poland when ukraine ukrainians or refugees were coming over they were they were helping out they were yeah. right there on the on the border so yeah it's it's, it's especially today in, in in this world you you don't often see things like that but when you when it does happen it makes you know makes you feel good makes you feel proud yeah you want to think i i believe you just want to think that that you're going to, that's what you would do. Like you, you, you know, if it, God forbid something happens like in and around you that like your community and your people are going to rally and, yeah. and, and support in any way they can, whether it's food or whether it's, you know, the physical act of trying to get in and save the children that are, uh, and even the people who were willing to flood their crop and lose yeah, their crop. Exactly. Like, Is it for the kids? And it was like, a, again, uh, it was like a one second conversation. Like, all right, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might've asked, uh, any chance for compensation <laughs> later on? You know, they mentioned it at, at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I might have asked. They uh, play the odds. You know, like, <laughs> right. That's, they'll do that's the right good, thing. They'll do right? the right thing, yeah. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was impressive when they did the the after credits and they showed you how much water they diverted. Yeah. It really was. 56 million gallons. Yeah. It's just crazy, like the type of rain that they get. And obviously, yeah, yeah all the way down a mountain. It's just like, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a... It was. I don't. I don't want to misuse the word cool, but I mean, it was a really amazing visual to see that kind of uh, 
that type of flooding, that type of like redirect of, of the water. Yeah. Um, very cool idea. Uh, I said it was much easier to see the princess in the mountain than it was to see the dog in the power of the dog. Power of the dog, yeah. The dog mountain or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah, I could definitely see the princess yeah, like, like laying oh. down, right? Yeah, I got yeah. that one real quick. It's like uh, Tafiti. Yeah, exactly. Moana? Moana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's real good. Uh, you mentioned Vigo and Colin. Uh, I, I love them. Did I think you know great. they were in it? No. I, I mean, didn't I think either. We, I think we. I think you mentioned it when we talked about I doing this know. movie. Or oh, okay, maybe maybe not. But I, yeah, I knew, I knew that they were in it. I didn't know Edgerton was in it. Yeah, I, I did not know really know much about like the cast or anything. I just yeah. was even the pictures I saw. Vigo looks a little older and different, and Colin is missing. I guess a little facial hair, but over for the most part yeah. looks. Uh, yeah, you know, but I and I I didn't know that, and I was just like, oh, oh. Okay. I just think that they're really good actors. Oh like, my god! They're just, they, they they it's they're understated in this movie, but still super super good. Well, I like, I love them. So Vigo, I think, is probably a forever underappreciated actor. Yeah, in the that's grand that's what I feel, I feel like. I, I would say, I, I don't even know what he would have to do. He's been in he's been in blockbusters. He's been in yeah. small movies that are like that hit. Yeah, he's. He delivers a lot. I just don't, for whatever reason, I just don't know if he'll ever. Yeah, the people don't elevate him that yeah, much. Yeah, he'll right? just yeah. hover in this range. That but sounds like, right. I think he's really, really good. And I think Colin Farrell has come so far from, like, he, he was a hot shot young actor, you know, and probably went a little south for a little while. And then all of a sudden just, like, became a phenomenal actor and, like, does a great job. He's not, you know, like, I think he just probably just grew up a little bit. Yeah, but he, did, he the, didn't let him the derail Batman. Him. He or, does a great De Niro, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he, you know, he also was in Daredevil. Yeah. And, uh, was that Bullseye or Bullseye. something? I just remember he had a bullseye in his head. And yep. it was like, that was like the peak of him, like, all right, you're done now. <laughs> Phone but he, booth. He, he got back. And yeah. Bruges, I feel like, brought and him Bruges back. Bruges is so good. And yeah. Bruges brought him back. Minority Report was early, but he wasn't even that big in it. SWAT. No, but that was hot. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was a hot shot at that yeah, point. Yeah, he was a hot I mean, shot at that was, point, yeah. Um, not that was hot, which is how it's going to sound, but, um, <laughs> that was hot. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I, I've been a fan of Joel Edgerton since warrior warrior for sure. That was my introduction to him and I've liked him in, in pretty much everything I've seen him in. And then our, if you don't like him, did you know that movie, I mean, did you know he was uncle Owen in like the Phantom Menace or I guess it was the third, the third one. Um, uh, revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I'd have to re. And now he's, he's in. Obi Wan, Obi Wan, yeah. I mean, for that reason, any of that stuff. But it's just, it's just fun. I didn't recognize him until I watched it with my kids now, and I'm like, oh my god, that's. Joel you know Edgerton. what? I did actually know. Yeah. I didn't remember that, but I do remember that now that you say that. That's funny. And then our man Book, <laughs> <laughs> who came back. That's that's from Tom. No relation to Jason Bateman. <laughs> yeah. Book is from what? What those uh, Kenneth Branagh movies yeah, that yeah, we watched? Yeah, and, the, uh, yeah, Death the Agatha Christie movies. Yeah. yeah, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, but yeah, I felt I felt really bad for him mm-hmm. when he when he freaked out and was just sitting there, and you're just like, "Yeah, you might not make it out of here." No, I, like, I legit didn't think. That, I mean, I was like, he just was shocked, yeah, and and completely rattled. I'm like, yeah, "How are you going to go back underwater and 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 do it?" The uh, the other thing that was you know tense was when the kids started to wake up. Yeah, like with Jason oh, in the first one, I was like, "Oh no!" And he dropped the the syringes under yeah. the water, yeah. and he's just like feeling around. Where I'm like, "No." Yeah. And then when when Colin Farrell 
when when he said it too, when he he's like, yeah, my kid stopped breathing for a little bit, but you know, he's well, okay. Was, it's just like, yeah, he was rattled too. Well, and that was the full on dad. He he, I, I, at least that's how I took it. He's like, he it it just his son that brought his son into it, like realizing at that point that like literally the kid. I think it was like an idea that they had kids knocked out, but then it was like, I have a kid who it might die in my arms, yeah. and I that's where I felt like he was rattled it was like it was a dad yeah realizing I, mean, I, I think i got i got emotional a few times yeah. during those scenes realizing and again colin it. farrell not not over acting that part you no know? not like, at all he was just like nope flip him over like we gotta we gotta check him and he's like okay i think he's good but he's like stone-faced the whole time he didn't yeah. let himself even think about how it was affecting him until later and i just think that's just a great way to to act that yeah that out. he uh, he was great and i always feel it's funny sometimes to his his accent was so strong, yeah. and you just don't always get that with him. Right. So it's like he can do he, he could do a lot of different so accents, widely. Yeah. It's just like oh yeah, like he's he's British, <laughs> <laughs> Irish, isn't he? Is he? I think he's Irish. I think he's. Eh, I think that might be right. I think yeah. I think he's Irish. Colin O'Farrell. Um, <laughs> I I appreciated the the water bottle adaptation. Yeah, that uh, Vigo's sure character Irish. put in. You know, after the kid's that was foot got after stuck, his foot got stuck, right? He's like, "Oh, we got to figure a way to get Wait, these guys make them up. float a little bit." Yeah, and yeah. then so, they all uh, they all were like that from there on out. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I kind of was paying attention to it because you're like, "Hey, we got to get them through. Their feet might drop, so let's do this." And I, you know, again, that adaptation on the fly, seeing like, okay, we got a couple people through, but we had some issues. How can we improve on this to make it go smoother and and better? And Again, you know, impressed, impressed yeah. all the way through, but it was tense. It did. It, did rem- it reminded me of another Ron Howard movie, like Apollo thirteen, when they're like, "All right, here's what they have up there. How are you gonna, how are you gonna figure this out?" You right. know. Um, and uh, but we we probably could have paired paired it with paired Apollo thirteen with this movie, but instead, we dipped into the bargain bin, <laughs> the uh, a true bargain bin, but one that we all resoundingly love. As yep. soon as we as soon as we brought it up, uh, backdraft. Uh, it is in its own way, like an all timer to me, <laughs> to me. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm glad you're saying this because I, I thought <laughs> I, I didn't love it this, th- that much this time. Really? As much like cause I hadn't seen it in so many years Okay, and I loved it as a kid. Like, wow. It's probably like my, one of my first like favorite movies. And I was like all in when I first it's watched it. It's not without time. some flaws, but it's, yeah, it's, I think it's still really good. It's still really good. And I think visually it's really, really good. Like the fire is just. It did look good. It's not. And it, this is before they had the ability to do a lot of that, like on a computer. Right. So yeah. they were burning a lot of stuff over yeah. and over again. Like that's. It was awesome looking visually. I, I agree. And for 91, I think, especially for you to say it looks good as an older movie, but that's saying a lot. Do you, do you agree? I, 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 I totally agree with yeah, you. The yeah. Fi- some of the fires are like awesome. Aren't the buildings that they use for a lot of that like off of fifty five? Like you can see them off the side if you're going into the city. I thought there was like still. I thought they were abandoned. Warehouses, they were abandoned warehouses, right? That they, right, that they, they definitely one of the or, warehouses that was about to be torn down. So that's pretty much why they got rights to. We're able to get access to it. Um, but I I didn't see locations mentioned on. Uh, yeah, where I felt like was. that's maybe that was just the urban legend that every time we rode into the city, they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's where they filmed Backdraft. <laughs> Backdraft over there. It's a burned out warehouse building. Yeah. Over where was this again. firehouse? Do you guys know? Did you look that up? You know, there was some mention of that. It wasn't uh, so all the ones, all the numbers they used are not dead real. numbers. Oh, okay. Um, so turned into community centers. Twenty four. I 17. think now. We're 17. Yeah, seventeen is not a real <laughs> firehouse anymore, but. I think they said there's 24 stations across the Chicagoland, and so 
they were. I, yeah, I I wouldn't. I would have had to done some actual research to figure out where yeah. they actually were, or if they're or if they're still around. I mean, it's it's a thirty year old, you know, thirty plus year old movie. So, yeah, I guess I didn't fully realize that. Like when I saw that number earlier, I was like, oh man, that's. I guess that's right, you know. But I, a couple things for me were that jumped out. The kid in the beginning, the uh, the boy as a boy, yeah, you know, Billy Baldwin as a boy, Opie Taylor. Who's that? What? You don't know who Opie Taylor is? Uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't think so. Wow, Ron Howard's character. Oh, on Andy, Andy Griffith, Griffith show. He's that's where he started his whole. Life. Oh, you mean Opie? Opie Taylor. Yeah, okay, yeah. Andy <laughs> Taylor's <laughs> son. <laughs> Was that? Were you guys not a big? Uh, I watched Andy Griffith all the time. Yeah, with my, mom. my dad always had it on. Yeah. Like I watched it all the time too. Barney Fife. I had a big Opie vibe. From him. So you're saying he just looked like him. He had an Obi vibe, but it's Obi-Vi, also yeah, directed okay. by Ron, Ta- yeah, yeah, Ron yeah, Howard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gotcha. so I was like, I doubt that was fully intentional. Like I wanted to make this kid look like me as a, my in my youth, but uh, without thinking about Ron Howard, I, I saw the kid and I'm like, oh man, Opie Taylor vibe. And then I was like, oh my god, it's Opie Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so no, all right, it was just me. But um, but the cast was interesting. Uh, one because do you think this is like one of the sneakier Robert De Niro movies? Yes. Like you don't, I don't think you think of this as a, a Robert De Niro movie, and he's not a main actor, but he's not nobody in it either. It probably it might have been my introduction to Robert De Niro as a kid. I don't know if I would go that far, but yeah, I probably put this one up as this in uh, Dick Tracy, right? One movie that you're like, wait, Robert De Niro's yeah. in that? Yeah, he's <laughs> in he's in a lot, and I knew he was in it, but it, uh, as I was watching, it, I was like, man, I feel like this is a sneaky good movie that, for, on his resume that probably doesn't get any attention whatsoever. Goodfellas was not the year before, which I doubt you were watching at that age. Yes, but. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Martin might have been, might have been, but no, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely watched uh, watched this instead. Midnight <laughs> Run, Untouchables. I just, just watched Midnight maybe. Run recently. Stanley and Iris. I'm trying to think of what you maybe could have seen. Yeah, it probably was Untouchables for me. Once Upon a Time in America. I didn't watch that later. Yep. All all of these were later. So King of Comedy. I didn't watch until this year <laughs> or last year. <laughs> right. Whenever we did. I it. went to Taxi Driver uh, fairly yeah, early. Yeah, a lot too, of his movies are pretty intense. So I, I get I get. What but you're I'm pretty saying. sure I would have said Robert De Niro backdraft when I was 10 and 11. Like that was yeah. that was where he was in. Yeah. Anyway, I I just I was thinking of that, and obviously you get a. Uh, Kurt Russell in in, uh, in the dual role, yeah, right as the right dad. out of the gate, it totally <laughs> threw me off, and I was like, wait, well, I didn't go backwards. I was like, was he the dad too? I was like, that's I, I definitely remember that. I pretty much remember this movie verbatim. Like I was oh. quoting the lines, so like I've I've seen it a lot. It's one you know I've I've talked about my movies from my childhood, The Burbs, yeah, Bloodsport, ones that ones that I love that probably you know, rad that other people maybe don't, but this this one's definitely was the one that. It was a big movie, and it became my favorite movie when I when I watched it. And uh, you got and like like I'm saying, it just doesn't it, it doesn't hold up because of some of the story elements. Like sure. I just seem a little a little because I didn't understand him as a kid. Like I was like, what's going on? What's an alderman? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what's what did Swayzek really do? And 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 it felt kind of, like I remember just not understanding it. And now that I do understand it, it just seems like a really convoluted it way is, it is hard to, to believe, make money it's a hard believe that a chicago alderman would be uh would, would close would, down firehouses to build community centers would be doing anything nefarious that was uh helping line his pockets with money that's this is the most made-up thing no no I've no, no, no. that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there's a lot of e- 
easier ways to do it instead of shutting down firehouses, which are Look, you know, JT clearly Walsh serving. was perfectly cast. Perfectly cast. <laughs> yes. This is definitely the first time I saw JT Walsh, and he's always played this guy. Why is he so the good? The negotiator. You're right. The negotiator. Another, another scumbag in Chicago. Scumbag actually, in Chicago. We need to get negotiator oh, happening again. God, it's um, so good. Although I hold it's on a it's on a very high perch in my mind. I'm like so I hope that it's remotely is good. Um but you also have uh sorry, I mentioned Kurt Russell, Donald Sutherland. Just yeah. It, a perfectly creepy Oh uh, god, he's all so creepy. good all the time. Definitely <laughs> first time I saw Donald Sutherland too. Could be, I was, yeah. I just remembered him as looks a year younger than right now. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, he he looks the Oddly same age similar always. Right? looking all the time. He did have like reddish curly hair before but once you went gray this early is, this is the, the beginning it. of the transition i feel like there was still a it was a hue into gray but uh you got billy baldwin alec they said was potentially being asked about it he's like i think my brother would be better for this jennifer jason lee in a young uh, rebecca de mornay <laughs> <laughs> the homeless are complaining about the stumps <laughs> I don't know why that's funny on I Seinfeld. Don't know it's so stupid. To be fair, it might not be to anyone but us. <laughs> but it does but we've used laugh. that line many times. Uh, Scott Glenn, uh, all-time old man. Yeah, um, Jason Gedrick, known Which known from oh what? yeah yeah yeah. Iron so Eagle. Twenty one. Iron Jump- Eagle is what I know him from. Too. But he was twenty one Jump Street too. Uh, I don't think so. I've always no. thought of him as it's Iron definitely Iron Eagle. Eagle. But he was on like he was he was either- on a show called Murder One. For a while, uh, I was thinking like he was on Melrose Place or something too, like one of those one of those teen dramas like Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero or yeah, um, something like that. Um, I remember him from that too. But Iron Eagle, I I, I did like um, that one. Probably would not hold up, but it's a, I was it's, a big. Uh, you were probably yeah. If, again, if you watched it Iron enough, Eagle fan. Yeah, I think we talked about that when we watched Maverick. Yeah, we brought up Iron Eagle yeah. and Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> Lou Gossett Jr. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it, Iron Eagle was like his fifth thing he did, and then Iron Eagle Two, he was uncredited. Doug Masters. <laughs> I don't see him in uh, anything. Class of '96 TV series, Sweet Justice, Murder One, Easy Streets. I don't see uh, Falcone. Maybe oh. Easy Streets instead of The Beast. Jump Boomtown. Hey oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I wanted more of that De Niro Sutherland uh, matchup. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would watch another movie. Like, yeah, I could, I could get there for sure. Seeing those two, like trying the to prequel, watch him become the shadow. Either that, or like when he got burned, where he just keeps going back to him, right? Like, like a Silence of the Lambs yeah. or a Seven type deal, that where was... he's like, I, "This is the guy I know knows fire and all this stuff, and I can pick his brain to figure out like some serial arsonist that's going on," you know. Same way Scott Glenn was doing it today. Spoiler. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad you mentioned. Um, I definitely got Sounds of the Lambs vi- uh, vibes from this, uh, and I didn't. You know, at that again at the time when I watched it as a kid, I didn't. Uh, I hadn't known it. What's the Netflix show uh, from Fincher? Mindhunter. Mindhunter. It's it's, it's yes. all it's all it's all part of that exactly. But yeah, just and then like you said, Brady again with the the physical um, aspects of the fire, and then him showing Baldwin the different ways that fire like reacts and like when he had the the garbage can mm-hmm. and he opened it up and then exploded he's like i figured it out and then when he had the fire and he's like watching it just go up to the ceiling and like they're watching it move through the room yeah yeah so they said they had to invert they inverted cameras because fire won't climb the ceiling like that but it will the floor so they okay. just inverted it to shoot it like that and i'm like it's 
I, visually, it's really awesome. Like, I just don't even know. They said, like, as of 2012, this was the most successful movie about firefighters ever. Uh, $152 million worldwide. Mm. And I'm like, I just don't. Obviously, there's been plenty of movies about fires and firefighters. but it, Like Firestorm with Howie Long? <laughs> I think, yes. That's one of them. <laughs> Do fires really get sucked up into walls? Ooh, I liked. I did like the visual. Yeah. <laughs> it looked really cool, but I'm like, is this possible? Or is this um, like Twister when they're like, it's sisters? And it's like they're like that doesn't happen. <laughs> if you talk to like meteorologists, we'll have to find a firefighter. My dad right. was a volunteer firefighter. For oh, really? A while. Yeah. Um, was Scott Glenn perfectly cast? Yes. Yeah. It's just like, oh, just he really fit the bill. Look like he'd been a fi- like been through some fires. It also bothered me at the end that he would knock. Yeah, Billy Baldwin out, and like all of it, just was it, it, it didn't have to happen. No, I, <laughs> gosh, you got to get nitpicky about. This. I'm, I am because I've, again, I've seen it so many times, and I'm watching it as a as a you know 41 year old adult now. But it it didn't take away from my enjoyment because I, I like I said I could I remembered every every aspect of this movie, every line. Did they ever build a Universal theme park ride on this? There was something I saw. Universal did something. I don't think it was a ride. There was okay. like a, or a stunt show, like an experience or something that, that involved. It sounds like I went to it. I feel like that I was feel like huge. I remember a lot of fire and like being like, "Whoa, that was really hot." Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> That's probably what it was. You wait. Did, so you? I mean, like being far away from it and still being able to feel heat. Did you, know? you go there too, Julie? I feel like maybe we did when we visited like Universal and Disney and all that. Like yeah. one year, it said the film inspired a, a special effects show based on the film. Yeah. Okay. And it was the first time Universal ever had an attraction based on an R-rated movie. Got it. Yeah. I, I this is R-rated? Yeah, that probably makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Crisp, crispy bodies in car windows. Yeah, busting out car windows to get to the... Uh, I've like That's like a, a scene that I've always remembered forever. You see park in yeah, front of a fire right. hydrant. Well, you know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to lose those? You're going to lose those windows. Um, but the casting was... Uh, there was some... Obviously, you get into this era, and there's a lot of like could have been, could have been, would have been. Brad Pitt was trying to get the the role. He lost it out to William Baldwin, who Baldwin, who then had to be let out of his role on Thumb and Louise, and Pitt then took that role. <laughs> and that yeah, that was a big movie for him. So, but it just those were the like yeah. the moving the revolving doors of uh, huh. of roles. They were essentially chasing and getting, and Cruz knew about it. It would have been better in both, <laughs> obviously. Cruz told uh, Kurt Russell about it because he knew he was like up for it and was just not interested. I think, and then Depp, Matt Dillon, Val Kilmer, all. all uh, I feel like what happened to Kurt Russell along his career. I don't know whether it was intentional or not, but I feel like he could have been where Tom Cruise is now. Or no? Do you guys not feel like he could do? He could pull off the same type of films. Like I feel like he started out young. And then started working his way up, and then you saw yeah. him in a ton of movies, Escape like in the nineties, New York, and but it, obviously the cho- the choice Tango is matter, but it could be a lot of things. I mean, it might have just been him being uh, happy with Goldie Hawn, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good actor. He's good looking. He does he's done action movies. So why why didn't he keep going? Yeah, maybe he's just not it was it was happier not working as much. I don't know. Yeah, it's just interesting because I was sitting there. I'm like, why doesn't he have the same type of career that Tom Cruise does? And 
I didn't know if there was any. And like he you said, his, maybe his son is now, you know, Captain America, or was Captain America. <laughs> had a moment. <laughs> had a moment. Yeah. But he's in the Fast franchise, so he's got that yeah. going for him. Yeah. That, there you go, <laughs> what, Mr. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, he's not hurting. I mean, his list is pretty good. It's pretty good. Ironically, he's in Vanilla Sky with Cruz. Yeah. But uh, which I don't remember that at all for for him. But um, yeah, I mean, he's got a a good resume. But yeah, I, I get obviously Tom Cruise is on a a peak. But you know, there can only be so many of those guys too so sure so in both backdraft and in 13 lives you have ron howard who always does like a recap at the end of his yeah. stats and his chronicles so this one was only uh like a one sentence one in backdraft where he mentioned there's i think 1.2 million firefighters in the u.s which was like i looked it up yeah and now there's only like like about a million, or it was like it was oh, like two really? hundred thousand less, or something like that, than what it, what wow. it was. They said there was this this movie did lead to a surge in people looking to be firefighters. Well, I'm sure for a while, but but then now, yeah, thirty years later, yeah. there's there's just a little bit less because there's I don't know why, <laughs> but boomers. <laughs> <laughs> and then same with Thirteen Lives, how they mentioned you know the fifty six million gallons, the people that got reimbursed for letting the rice fields flood. But yeah, just tidbits about the the world that that you just watched. You're right, and as you're going through it, so I guess when if you have to make a dramatization of a an event, call up Ron Howard, see what he's doing. Um, I will tell you a fun fact I learned about this movie involving a friend of the pod. The final scene, um, or close to the final scene, the uh, all the firefighters marching down Michigan Avenue. Yeah, someone's in it. Friend of the pod, Tom Redding's dad. Is, uh, a firefighter is uh, is in is in that scene. There you know, you I remember hearing that growing up. Um, yeah, that a lot of, that Redding's dad was in it. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people said that that, that they were in in it because yeah. they needed so many people, they so many did. extras, and they had so yeah. Any everyone I knew growing up in Southside Chicago, and I didn't, was, the tidbit I learned afterwards, and I have to ask Redding about it. Is he said uh, or it said that like suburb people were coming down too, but their uniforms didn't match, and so they turned them all away. But a bunch of them jumped in the back, and so at the very end, there are some guys from with different uniforms that were from the birds. So I don't know if that's Redding's dad, or I don't think you can't tell. But I mean, but yeah, uh, we were we just were talking about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my dad's in that movie." That's and awesome. I was like, "Oh man, that's crazy. That's great. It will get mentioned." <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys want to do the IMDb game with uh, Ron Howard? Oh, you I guys did, already seen it? I didn't. I actually looked up. I, I could have done this the first. I think this might be the first time I'm doing it to you guys. Yeah, or I I'm think you're right. The administrator. So, all right. Does it actor or director? Do we? <laughs> oh, see, I, no. I it's a, you get I can't them all. Tell you. Known yeah. for this is this is going to be the probably the hardest one. But all right, um, you want to go first? You go. I do not. Okay, because <laughs> um, I'm just going to copy yours. <laughs> oh, right. that's not my game. I just want to think. I'm going to go Andy Griffith Show, Apollo 13. Hey, gosh, a recency bias backdraft, mm-hmm. and I think Apollo 13. I think Arrested Development. I don't think Andy Griffith show, even though I, that's definitely how I know him. I'm struggling with Ron Howard movies at the moment. Yeah, I can't. I can't even pull four together, even though his list is uh, is is good. Um, you Brady got two. You guys both got. I Apollo only said 13. two. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the right track. Um, but yeah, the other two are direct director ones, if that helps at all. Um, and he and this one won an Academy Award. What did he win? Beautiful for? mind. Got it. Nice. And then we've talked about this other this other one too that I I think I forgot that he directed it. I um, forgot he did Cocoon. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I definitely forgot that he directed that. That's that why, is that's but Arrested Development, that's a, that's a good call. Because I knew he was a producer, but I, I would have thought. He's the voice, too. He's the voice. Yeah. That's right. Um, I think it's uh, Brian Gray. Yeah, that's yes. right. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, because cause he's Don't the voice Don't put voiceover well. in your movie. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah, for some reason. that's like, I, I, I definitely, I mean, it definitely was the genesis of his entire career was uh, the uh, Andy Griffith show. But there, I just, yeah, it doesn't feel like that's going to be. On the known, floor. yeah. But when I when I looked, you know, looked at his uh, career, I would have thought that Backdraft was like really early in his directing. But no, he he was he was directing in eighties, uh, the early eighties. Right. He did the Night Shift and and Cocoon was eighty. Yeah, say Cocoon's definitely before yeah. this. Splash was eighty three, directed by two. Splash. Yeah. So he did Willow and Parenthood, um, quite a bit. I th- he just he has more than I know he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly. And Happy Days. I forgot about Happy Days. Right. Oh, happy Days would have been a good guess, been, too. Yeah. He's been working. The Da Vinci Code. Almost as long as his brother. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys notice him? Yeah. I, I didn't, but I saw his name. Oh, the I'm so glad you brought it up. I, was gonna, I almost <laughs> forgot. Yeah, Clint Howard. Clint He's Howard. in like all, his, all his movies, right? It's the least you can do. He wasn't in uh, 13 Lives, though. That I noticed. You're right. You didn't see him. <laughs> but it's like no, you see, I don't think you see Bill was. Murray's brother in a lot of Bill Murray movies, True. and you see Clint Howard in almost every Ron Howard movie. That's yeah. great. It's <laughs> it's like an unapologetic thing. I mean, obviously, it's never a big uh, no, never a big role. But but he he's perfect for like a cor- coroner or yeah. whatever you know. pathologist. Path- I think yeah. Medical examiner. Medical. There you go. Medical examiner. Um, like perfect for that. Like, yeah. That's that's what he confirmed that he's. He is not in Thirteen Lives. Just, yeah. to, just to be clear, it's not in his IMDb. I'm looking at his IMDb. I think it's like he's like too serious of a movie to like have like a joke. It would take you out of it. I right. feel like if you all of a sudden you see. Hey, Clint Ryan, Howard. you got a role for me? <laughs> no, Clint. No, I don't. When any Howard will do. He's in the soul. He's in the Star Trek. Star Trek Discovery. He's in uh, Solo. He's uh, he's touched some franchises. Yeah. He's in uh, Austin Powers. The first first one. I think he's in the first one. I don't know if I ever need to watch those movies again. <laughs> I don't know if I would either. I remember them think, thinking they were so funny, but also somehow not being interested in watching them again. I don't know what it is about it other Something than I think I know. It, was, it had its moment. It's like, don't go back and ruin it. <laughs> Gold member. You're right. As always, make sure you feel the door before entering. Give us a follow on socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe wherever you can. And tell a friend, if you go, we go. Thanks, and go to bed. One case of scotch. Softening your old age. <laughs> <laughs>